0: I met Pedro in Santa Barbara in the fall of 2013. I had just returned from a two-month backpacking trip in Portugal that had turned my world upside down and was quite excited to find the Portuguese Pedro subletting a room in the house I was about to move into. He had just been hired as a Portuguese lecturer at UCSB, where I was completing my master's in Spanish. We exchanged stories and quickly figured out that we had to have crossed each other just weeks before at a bar in Porto, Spasa 77. There was an instant click. One of my favorite things about him is that, no matter how educated and refined he may get, he is always ready to honestly laugh at the lowest of lowbrow comments possible. He is unharmed by his erudition in that it does not distance him from others, it simply adds to the levels in which he can connect and exist. He is just as comfortable making dick jokes at 4am in a Portuguese dive bar as he is citing poetry in the halls of Brown University. And most importantly, he introduced me to my wife. Pedro stayed for his second year of teaching at UCSB, whereas I left a year after his arrival and temporarily moved to LA. About a week before I left Santa Barbara, a new French teacher arrived to the university. Pedro and her would go on to form a deep friendship over the following months. As is the case when you love somebody, you want them to meet the other people you love. And so Pedro insisted that she and I meet. And that was it. There was no more letting go. Pedro eventually appears in my novel and I have decided to never allow myself to be certain whether his presence is indeed that of another Pedro, or if it's just myself after that first transformative trip to Portugal, a new Portuguese Pedro. It is him who, after showing our IDs to a confused bartender in Santa Barbara, whiskey in hand, refutes my idea for the end of the novel and gets the last line. I'm also certain my mom is secretly in love with him. This is Rich Chocolaty Goodness. I think we can start now. <laughs> What's up? Not much. How are you? Uh good inside a closet. <laughs> yeah, he's you know drinking mezcal in a closet. It's a usual tradition. I just have notes that I made at the very beginning when I had the idea to make the podcast and I made little notes notes next to people's names. Uh, so I'll, I'll read those to you. <laughs> it says Pedro Almeida. So note number one, two Pedro's walk into a bar. Uh, that's supposed to remind me of something. It kind of does. Number two, it says farting at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and number three says Japan, Tokyo, Pinopticon.
1: Okay, so, that, uh, is that uh, Pinopticon with an A after the P?
0: No, 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 Ping. I I do remember that one because I made that after I came back from Japan. Ah. So I wrote this because maybe this will take us in the right direction. Um, I was uh-huh. I was in Tokyo, and. Right uh after living in Paris for a while, you get really frustrated because nobody lets you use their restroom. In the U.S., it's pretty normal to just walk into any restroom, a bookstore. Any, any store is kind of understood that you can walk into the restroom. Uh, not in Paris. Uh, well, in
1: Portugal, you, you have to buy something usually in Portugal, too.
0: Yeah, like beer or coffee, which makes you want to pee. Yes. So, yes. It's not... Usually,
1: it's, you know, people do the coffee thing because it's the cheapest also.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, in Tokyo, people were extremely nice and I just like peed all over the city. Uh, mm. I went to this one particular toilet in the uh, Tokyo station. We were trying to get the fast train. Mm-hmm. And uh it was set up where there was like uh, fuck, I don't know the word. Urinoir. <laughs> <laughs> uh urinals? Yeah, shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> there, were, <laughs> there were urinals set up uh all around the wall. So you walked in and it was like a circle. And there was a u- circle? Like urinals.
1: And you were- were you inside the circle or outside of the circle?
0: So it's like you walk in, there's a door. To your right, there's a urinal. To the left, there's a urinal. And in between, there's a circle of urinals. Okay.
1: So it's a circle and the peers are around the circle or inside the circle.
0: Around the circle. So that's really cool in terms of privacy because everybody's giving the back. I mean, you're kind of sideways, but everybody's...
1: Right. Because if if it were the opposite... You would have to, you know, maintain eye contact with all the peers. Yeah. Like, do it.
0: like the showers at the gym in Santa Barbara.
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. You're trying, to, you're trying to pee in the shower and yeah. you have to be looking at everybody's dick while you do it. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the only downside to it was that, like, first I peered, it's like, wow, these Japanese people, they know how to, how to treat a man, (laughs) uh, (laughs) but then I went to wash my hands and the hands was a similar situation, but it was like a column in the center of the bathroom. Uh So there were sinks in a circle, but do you have mirrors Uh to look at yourself? Uh So what you end up is having a mirror where you could see everybody peeing behind you. Wow! (laughs) But you see
1: their S's, right? Yeah. You don't see their D's. You see their
0: S's. Yeah, yeah, but still like you're, you're looking in front and you see somebody peeing, and then you look at the mirror, and you see the reflection peeing. Like, and uh, and I thought, like, uh, like this is a like a panopticon. This is the panopticon.
1: That's perfect. That's that's beautiful.
0: And I walked out, and I wanted to, I wanted to share that joke.
1: I wonder what Foucault would have done with that. I know. <laughs> that's amazing.
0: I wanted to share this with somebody, and I walked out, and I was very excited. It was like. Ah, Ah uh, I need to share this <laughs> to share this joke. <laughs> and I and I thought about you.
1: No, it's it's amazing.
0: I said, who do I know that would enjoy a joke as stupid as that? <laughs> but that would have the knowledge to uh you know to to enjoy the fact that it's a yes. clever reference.
1: No, it's perfect. Uh that is the perfect heteropia. <laughs> <laughs> It is not as good as the original. I have to work on. No, and the funny thing is, on a practical level, some people open the zipper while they pee, but some people put a little bit of the pants down, just enough for the butt to pop out. You know. <laughs> and while you are washing your hands, you can see just the butts all around.
0: <laughs> Wait, do you? Do you lower your pants when you?
1: I do lower my. I do lower my pants. Yeah, I. Yeah. I don't like the feeling of stranglement.
0: Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you don't do it to the, to the zipper?
1: Um, yeah, so it would be funny to have yeah the butt cheeks popping out in that, in that particular circumstance where you know that there is someone seeing you in the mirror. Just the butt cheeks, obviously.
0: Yeah, well, I've always wanted to do that but I've never been brave enough. I have a couple of practical jokes in my head that I've never heard. one of them is to uh, go pee at a public restroom and pull my pants down like a kid. <laughs> you know, when you were a kid, you would just like throw your I pants said down I'd and uh... pull my pants down. <laughs> just to just to like make people around you feel awkward.
2: <laughs>
0: That's one. The other one is uh waiting for somebody to say an unfunny joke at a party and then sarcastically laugh in a very exaggerated way, and then force myself to pee my pants, (laughs) as I continue to pretend to laugh, and then just like spend the rest of the party with my pants full of pee. I really- really...
1: That's a good one, that's a good one. I'd love to see that one
0: happen. Me too. I really hope. I I don't want to die without doing that. It's very, it requires a lot of commitment. And you can't waste that. You can only do that once. So, you know. Right, right.
1: I mean, you can do it over and over again, but, you know, it might turn into something else. Yeah. But I can also imagine that. I can picture someone that does that every fucking weekend. Can you imagine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like every weekend, at some point. Okay, you just did it.
0: <laughs> so that was note number three, the penopticon
1: The penopticon thats a very good one.
0: So this reminds me of another thing, um, which I should have. May I just add there.
1: something? Don't forget what you're saying. You know, just just a, a footnote on the penopticon mm-hmm. before we before we forget about that. For some reason, every time I think about the panopticon. I think about, you know, crazy people running in circles with their, how um, do you say can be forces in English? You know, the the, the... the Straight jackets. Yes, with the straight jackets on running in circles. That that's, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. It's totally, you know...
0: Are they running um, like...
1: Automatic response.
0: Like in a giant circle or a circle in place?
1: No, a, a giant circle, just running around a giant circle, you know running along the wall mm. you know what, that that's that's my 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 panopticon image someone just running in circles trying to you know like <clears throat> dogs when they're trying to chase their tents
0: are they trying to get I, out or, or is it just for fun or just because they're crazy
1: i i think that yeah it's basically incorporating the, the 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 role somehow like embodying the role of the crazy person inside the panopticon.
0: Can you explain hey. what a panopticon is? Because I still don't know who our audience will be.
1: Okay. Um, oh, <laughs> I was not ready for this. It's been a long since the last time I read I tricked that. you, a... you fucker. <laughs> 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 so the panopticon was a device invented, if I'm not mistaken, in the late 18th or early 19th century in mental health institutions. And the, it, it it is a it is it's actually a structure so an architectonic device that is circular, and the 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 founding principle of the Panopticon is, no matter how many people are inside the Panopticon, there will always be a position of surveillance, and that is the person who is controlling or managing the people, the mentally disabled ones. And the principle, therefore, is you never know whether or not you are being watched at a certain moment, but you know that you can be watched in every single position inside the panopticon. But you'll never know exactly when you're being watched. So we will always behave as if you are being watched, even if you are not being watched at that specific moment. And that's, you know, that's, the, that's why the device was so effective, because you actually, at the end of the day, do not even need to have someone watching over the, the, the crazy, mad people running in circles. Just the structure conveys that sense of being watched 24-7. Obviously, most of the times you have, yes, in someone, a guy on the top of the tower, Watching, um, watching everyone, but the structure of the building sort of conveys that feeling of total surveillance, uh, and it's called Panopticon precisely because of that. You know, opticon is vision or um, um, you know see, and pan is all, so it's basically the place where you can be seen from every single angle. Um, is is that accurate? Is that it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it.
0: I just know from that urinal place in Tokyo.
1: So right now, I'm I'm thinking about the p optican and you know, this the guy, straight jacket, his dick out. Obviously, his dick is. Uh, he, he cannot control it because you know his arms. Are, are inside the straight jacket. So he's just being all over and running in circles. And the dick is totally out of control because obviously he's in a straight jacket um, inside the P-opticon. p optican. p optican. I
0: apologize. Yeah, you think... wonder if that whoever designed that bathroom had an idea like that. If it was just like... A, like if it was just like this way, we could fit all the toilets, all the urinals. So it's more effective. Or if it was just like, yeah, this way, nobody's going to be pissing on the wall for fun or jerking off. (laughs) (laughs) I remember uh, (laughs) I went to uh, Warsaw for a weekend and uh, Uh, shit, like vodka is really, really cheap. (laughs) And uh, how was it? It was super fun. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a cultural visit, this was like two years ago. I think I told you it wasn't a cultural visit, it was just
1: oh, yeah, 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 yep,
0: free. Yeah. I mean, cheap air flight. I think I paid like uh, air, I think I paid like 40 euros or something for a return trip, and a friend was over there, so it was just uh, let's go drink and eat good food for cheap. And anyway, at what point, I was waiting for a urinal. And the guy just was taking way too long. I was like, fuck, I need to pee, I need to pee. And I was waiting, waiting, waiting. And then, you know, I wasn't looking at him. It was the only urinal. And then uh, I started getting really, like, uh, desperate. And I got a little bit closer and I saw that he was he was masturbating. Really? Yep.
1: So, But, but... <laughs> was he aware that he could be seen from that?
0: Yeah, I mean, he was in a public restroom with, uh, <laughs> it was like a very simple restroom. You walk in, there's a sink and a mirror. If you walk to the right, there's a little urinal with a tiny wall. And next to that, there's a little stall. Somebody yeah. was shitting in the stall. It smelled like shit. I was waiting for the urinal and this guy was taking too long. It turns out because he was uh, masturbating. But you wouldn't see that in Japan. That doesn't, That doesn't happen. Or you would see a circle where everybody's masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was also the intention. Well, this took a very lowbrow turn very fast.
1: <laughs> it did.
0: <laughs> Wait, before, before I forget, because I, uh, I think this is the way it's going to go. Um, so one of the things I like to do in the show is that we have to come up with a title for it at the end of the episode. So, okay. kind of trying to either things we talked about or some memory or something, okay. and then we figure out a title. So, I think okay. Pneopticon right now is kind of.
1: I, I love P- yeah. It's kind of a strong, the strong,
0: strong contender.
1: Yeah. That's that's my face. That's me. But
0: who knows? Who knows? Uh
1: huh. Uh huh.
0: So, uh, two two nights ago, uh-huh. it was my birthday, and uh, Elise took me to a. Uh, uh mm. it was delicious, and I was looking at the menu and uh I had uh, uh uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh.
0: and Elise had some uh puñeta de bacalao. was it good? <laughs> It was, it was a nice place. It was a nice restaurant where it wasn't an expensive thing, but you could see that it was a chef who right. was giving a twist to home cook. I
1: mean I, I like a twist in my pineta to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I re- I respect that. I respect you know some people like it. <laughs> Not my case personally <laughs>
0: Well, I was trying to be uh, some, uh, you know, not a kid and not laugh at the thing like (laughs) punhet and I couldn't.
1: I I laugh every time I read it. Well, I
0: kept quiet because I wasn't sure because it's the same word in Spanish, uh, like for jerking off, Uh, and I thought, like maybe it's not the same thing in Portuguese. I don't. I'm not. I wasn't sure if I'd heard it in Portuguese. So I was just laughing on the inside. But then uh, the people behind us asked the waitress, and the waitress was not Portuguese. I was like, what is this uh, punheta?" And she's like,
2: <laughs>
0: and I was like, giggling. And, I
2: was, <laughs> and he's
0: asked, like, what's going on? It's like, it's just funny for me to hear that word. Like, everybody's like, puñeta, punheta, punheta.
2: <laughs>
0: and so the waitress was like, well, I don't know. Like, let's ask the chef. And she calls the chef. The chef comes over, and it's this uh, young Portuguese guy. And they ask, <laughs> they ask him, uh c'est quoi c'est
1: And in French, it's even funnier. <laughs> well,
0: apparently in French, you also say uh, poignette, I think. So
1: oh oh, that what what what's the meaning of um? Is that related to fists in, in Yeah. So it's, so it's the
0: same thing. Like yeah, you make a puño, so puñeta and you make a poignet so your fist so yeah it's a fist um so it exists in french too and uh, apparently the the chef got really red and he was uh, <laughs> explaining like yeah the old, the old people call this dish uh so can you uh, can you give me some uh, explanation is there such a dish or is these guys just having fun making people order poignets <laughs> <laughs>
1: no it, it, you know there is and there it's it's been around forever i guess um, i'm not sure exactly what the reason is why they call it punyetta uh, so when 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 i took some time to think about that um and you know it was an event in my life taking some time to <laughs> consider the origins of it <laughs> When I when I you know when I um, seriously uh, reflected upon that, the only reason that I found was, you know how it is made, right? You have
0: masturbating. Like so <laughs> have... <laughs> yes, Dad. <laughs> you grab some honey. You, uh,
2: Ob- you rub it all over
0: your butt yeah. cheeks. <laughs> you have the uh, picture of your mom. S-
1: Yeah, my mom, right? (laughs) Um, so you have this salt-dried cod, you know, it's and and, and it's been into water for for a few days. And then what you what you want to do is you wanna remove the what's the word for that? Farpus, you know, little pieces, tiny little pieces of, of the codfish
0: the like the bones
1: uh no not like it it, not the meat you know the the meat of the codfish you want to just tear it apart in small little pieces raw obviously right um does that make any sense but it's
0: already been cooked in salt no
1: why do you mean cooked in salt
0: like hasn't it been salted already it's not cooked
1: oh it is not cooked usually
0: but it's been kept in salt, no, like preserved,
1: yes, right, yes, yes, I'm,
0: I'm not very yeah. smart I don't <laughs> I thought that meant it was cooked, <laughs> right? I thought I could can, just can put salt me? on my steak and uh
1: to be ready to eat after five minutes <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's it's you know it's um, it's the raw thing, and you have to you know. Tear apart in little pieces, and I remember seeing my grandmother uh, 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 doing it because um, my mom didn't. She didn't like to do. Uh,
0: yeah, she did. She did.
1: <laughs> <now>. <laughs> but I clearly remember seeing my 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 grandmother doing it, and um, she did it in a very fast way. Because you know that's 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 how we have to do it in order to to get these little pieces of cod um, that are supposed to be as long as a little bit as as, as the onion that comes with 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 um, with the dish. So she was like <clears throat> furiously tearing it apart, removing pieces, <laughs> removing pieces of cod, and in a way, you know the kind of movement with the fist that she was doing for several minutes is like
0: <laughs> fists of fury
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then you know it, it kind of resembles a handjob in a way um destructive handjob but,
0: hand but did job. you ever hear like the older people laughing about it too like
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yeah no, my, gra- my my grandparents always laughed when they, they, they offered punita. And they, you know, it, it was a very common dish uh, at home. Um, but there was always a laugh that came with
0: it. Well, that's nice. Nice and wholesome. Yeah. Uh, so, what's up? We haven't spoken in a very long time. What's keeping you up at night? What puts a smile on your face when you wake up?
1: Uh, I'm working on the prelims. That's the boring stuff. I'm uh, preparing them still. I think I, last time I saw you, I, I, I told you that I would be done with them around September. Mm-hmm. Well, surprise, surprise, I'm not what yet.
0: Are, what <sighs> are prelims? Forgive me, I've already quit one PhD and i have not. Advance much in my second. <laughs> <laughs> haven't gotten that far.
1: Also known as preliminary exams uh-huh. are a set of two-day, two-days um, written exams um, where one. That's a beautiful sound. That's yeah. exactly the sound I make every time I think about my prelims. <laughs> where you are supposed to sort of narrow down your research interests and be examined on, you know, two specific. Um, areas. That's
0: it. Okay, and so you didn't finish that.
1: So I'm 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 I'm, I'm working on on, on, on those. <clears throat> uh, trying to make some progresses. Also doing two um two courses here. Teaching. Um head brown. Teaching uh, Nope, no teaching this year. I got a fellowship. Oh, cool. Uh so No,
0: I, got, I remember that, yeah. but so you're taking two courses? I thought you were done with exactly. courses. Exactly.
1: I could be I you know, I I only had to take one more course and that's because I got this fellowship. But um, you know, might as well, so I'm just taking two courses this semester. Um which is fun. I'm organizing a union for grad students here. I don't know who the audience will be, but uh, if there's someone listening um, who attends Brown or that goes to Brown, let's vote yes.
0: (laughs) Trust the guy with all the pee, poo, and dick jokes. (laughs) (laughs) We'll air this after elections.
1: (laughs) So that's it. Um, uh, I organized the, the Brazilian Film Festival two weeks ago. Um, working on a film series for next year, um, and and now that I put it like these that I you know, my, that I make the list, my life sounds extremely boring. Um,
0: well, no, it sounds I very just, nice.
1: I just want to put no, no, it's even it's. I just want to put it out there. It's like it sounds like there's nothing. Um, Besides um, being a grad student, which is only half true.
0: <clears throat> well, I wish mine was nothing but being a grad student. So, Come so on. shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, please.
1: Let me tell. Let me talk about some exciting stuff I've been doing lately. That's you know more interesting than 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 than, than the grad student part. does that sound?
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask you some more stuff, but yeah, go ahead.
1: Okay, I started seeing a new therapist, psychotherapist. Cool.
0: What happened to the old?
1: <laughs> and this is the fun part of my life. <laughs> um, but it's 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 actually really really good because um, you know so my new therapist has this um, method. I don't know if you've heard about this. It's called um, IFS which stands for internal family systems. Mm-hmm. And so the basis of this method is we all have inside us different personalities, right? And these personalities <clears throat> or persona sort of correspond to three major characters. And we all have them. It's like, you know, um, no matter who you are, or, you know, what you do, or whatever. We all have these three core characters fighting inside us. And the three characters are the managers, the firefighters, and the exiles. Right?
0: Can you hear me? Are you following me? I can hear you. Uh, I need more information.
1: <laughs> okay, I cannot... so the managers... Yeah, our in- our internal managers well you know manage stuff and try to um try to keep you functional try to keep things working you know um that's one of the characters the other one the firefighters um try to put down crises basically so it's you know it's that Part of your character, of you know, that part of you that comes and tries to shut down um, the, you know, when, when shit happens, basically. So that's the firefighter, and you keep using it every time to sort of solve or keep crisis at a low. And then there's the, the, the final group uh, the exiles. Um, let me look it up because I don't remember exactly what the exiles do.
0: They rape and pillage.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I believe that.
1: <it. laughs> <laughs> uh. <coughs> oh, the exiles are the upset ones. So it's that part of you who, <clears throat> who is like... Um, you know, really sad and upset about things, and they're just um, you want to sort of keep it bay in a way. Um, mm. Yeah. But there's an interesting sentence here: binging on drugs, alcohol, food, sex, or work are common firefighter activities.
0: <laughs> Who the fuck binges on work? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Firefighters do. Right.
2: Um.
1: So yeah. So we are trying to um going through these these you know uh, characters, and it's it's really cool, and it keeps me uh, thinking about Frelpsoa all the time, for obvious reasons, right?
0: Because you're Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I guess uh, it it makes sense, right? You know, this kind of. Uh,
0: yes, hist- yes, but uh, you know. Yeah. Tell our audience.
1: <laughs> okay, so those, um,
0: those people that were not uh, aware of what a pinopticon was.
1: <laughs> so flipso is pretty much the same as the pinopticon. <laughs> um. It's uh, So, it, it's, it, you know, early 20th century Portuguese author, poet, author of novels and uh, whatnot, uh, whose main uh, distinguished feature was that it created a multitude of personae, you know, fake characters that had... A biography of their own, their own style of writing, their own, you know, jobs, their own family, their own biography, and all that shit. Um, and each one of them was totally individualized. Um, and 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 so, Fernand Schwa called them, eternames, eternames. So it's, it's and it's it, it, it's interesting because it it reminded me of this, um, you know internal family of managers, firefighters, and exiles. Um, I don't this, know. I think I'm...
0: The, this thing about the firefighters makes me think. This what? This thing about the firefighters, because... Uh, mm-hmm. So I went... This this job that I have right now, in which mm-hmm. I hate, because it's mm-hmm. like just drying up old poetry inside of me. Mm-hmm. Uh. When I went to that interview, Uh it was like the worst interview I've ever had. (laughs) And uh, we had, I mean, I just didn't care anymore. I was like, I just want a fucking job. Um, And uh, the guy was really nice. What
1: what was the worst moment of the interview?
0: Uh, He asked me to explain the difference between uh, two verbal tenses. And I didn't know what the difference was. This is uh, as an English teacher and
1: uh so he asked you to to explain the difference between two verb tenses yeah
0: he said like what's the difference between the the oh. i don't know i don't remember what he asked like the present continuous and the the past perfect i don't know something like that what a jerk well, i mean it's all right he's hiring a language teacher it's it, it, it's normal but i couldn't answer okay and instead of answering honestly saying like mm-hmm. listen dude like like i don't know the oh. name of it but i know how to I know how it works. <laughs> you know, I just right. I just don't like, if you tell me like give me the present continuous of this, I don't know. Maybe I should know it, yeah. And that's what he said. He's like, look, you've been using it while you've been talking, so I know that I know that it's okay. Uh-huh. But anyway, but that put me in a kind of tense moment because rather than saying that I uh-huh. I try to get out of it by pretending that I was answering a different question. Uh, you,
1: like totally different question or slightly different question? Uh
0: something that I could have. Mi- I pretended that I misunderstood his question. So I answered that other question. Ah. So I didn't have to answer that. And that was it was shitty on my part. And he didn't, you know, he's not stupid. So he just uh Right, right. But what about this? And he, like, yeah. he didn't let it go. So he understood. Yeah, so I, he caught me. So then it was like double shame anyway. So then we um, we yeah, <laughs> oh, shit we go down and he says you can leave your stuff here and then we're in the middle of the interview and then the fire alarm goes on and he's like ah oh, shit uh like it's, it's just a, like it's probably a drill just really loud like eh, 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 eh. And everybody has to get out so we walk the, the office thing has two floors and uh, we go down to the bottom mm. floor we're on the f- sixth floor we go down to the fifth floor which is still the same uh, company everybody starts Uh walking out and he tells me like just leave your stuff there like in like by his desk and I understood Uh like you can just wait there because in my head it's just a fire drill nothing's gonna happen you know we just need to do this thing so I just like I sit down Uh and like he goes out and then he comes back It's like like what what?" (laughs) he comes back that office was empty (laughs) And I'm just sitting there in the chair, all alone in, in the whole office. And it's a lot like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> and this, the fact that he that I understood that he said, wait there. And I was like, all right, I'll wait here. And I thought about it like, he must have thought I was just a fucking idiot. <laughs> like. But, like, later I was thinking, like, why did I react like that? And I realized it's because that's that shit's going on in my head, like, nonstop. It's been a fucking fire alarm for, like, three years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, this whole time I've been, like, that dog meme, like, just engulfed in flames and just, like, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, just wait. Uh, so, uh, it's uh, perfectly natural to just sit there. All right. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and then when he asked
1: This whole shit is on is on on flames.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when he asked me like I had the choice either to say like I I couldn't explain like listen man, my whole fucking life is a building on fire or <laughs> I'm used to this and uh I, you know, it's a job interview. So I had to like do another thing like oh I misunderstood <laughs> what you said. Must have been must have been the noise or something. <laughs> but they were pretty desperate for a teacher. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's 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 amazing. You could have, you know, made it explicit like, okay, I know that I tried to fool you on that question, but look at me reacting to this fire alarm right now as if nothing's going on.
0: <laughs> you want somebody that follows instructions? <laughs> <laughs>
1: You want someone that can respond to crisis yeah,
0: someone who's not easily <laughs> work scared. under pressure. Yeah what <laughs> I would say,
1: Because
0: that's what it felt like really like that that was a clear reflection of what's going on inside. like everything's uh-huh. fucking crumbling down and there's yeah. no time for every anything and uh it's like it's cool. Let's just uh, sit down and uh, read this book.
1: That remind <laughs> that's amaz... that reminds me of that story. I think I told you this already. You remember this one time that I mean, it was before moving to the U.S. I was um, uh, I was doing my masters back then, and I had this class. I was taking this class where it was just two of us and the professor. So we were at the professor's office. You know, it, it was not worth it to book a room for you know just the three of us, and the office was this like tiny tiny little room i don't know two uh maybe three square meters really tiny thing and at the end of the class at the end of the seminar you know we were all sitting at the same table like very very small table so we were you know physically like 30 20 30 centimeters away from each other in the room and the professor at the end of the class you know we were done, we were closing our notebooks, and she stands up. And as as she stands up, the trousers just fall to the floor. They just fall down to the ground. And all of a sudden, the professor is there in her underwear in front of us. And we were sitting, you know, like 20 centimeters away from her, and we did not know how to react to that. And what we did was just pretend it was normal. <laughs> that she was standing up in her, in her underwear in front of us. And uh, to our surprise, she did exactly the same. <laughs> she just goes like, Now this is a good one. My pants just fell to the ground.
0: Well, at least she acknowledged it.
1: Yeah, no, not, as if as if it's something natural, right? Um, that happens every day, you know, to be on your panties in front of your students. And we went along. So we just, we just, yeah, it's interesting thing to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I kind of felt the same way. You know what I mean?
0: Well, what, what's going on then with the, why did you leave the other psychologist, psychotherapist, whatever?
1: Okay, uh I I left because um well first it was the end of the academic year so I was no longer here and I felt that I wanted something harder, you know. <laughs> not not <laughs> With the preview was one it was sort of a, you know, soft and spoken thing. It's um you know, get back in your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, let's try to make you fractional, this kind of approach. And, you know, that's that's not really my thing. I want to something like punch you in the face and, you know, just acknowledge that you are fucked up. Are you? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um,
0: I yeah. mean, I know I know you and you're weird, but who isn't? But yeah. I never... <laughs> I wouldn't say you're fucked up.
1: Totally fucked up. Totally fucked up. You cannot. You cannot even imagine what's going on between the firefighter, (laughs) the exile, and the manager. (laughs) Um, But if you want to have an idea, you know, just just go to Pornhub. (laughs) No, totally fucked up,
0: dude. All right, we'll vote. Vote for Pedro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you want to have a firefighter, a manager, and an exile. <laughs> vote for
0: Pedro. <laughs> and are these are these three um, like these three categories? Is this something that? Is this something that your particular therapist came up with? Or is this like a whole school, like <laughs> the school of uh, firefighters, <laughs> managers, and uh, exiles?
1: It would have been funny if, if the guy just uh, had come up with it. But uh, no, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. It's like, a, I think it's a discipline. I don't know if you can call it that.
0: Um, and it's always those three characters.
1: It's always these three characters. Yes, always. Uh, which is which is funny right
0: and is there like according to the theories like are you trying to achieve balance like there's always one that's in charge like what's what's the story inside you with those three people yes
1: so right so there's always one that is in charge and the way that they sort of dispute power among them kind of determines where you are at so it is pretty normal that they dispute it. It's quite natural that, you know, at times one of them is on the top. It's like an ecosystem that is self-managed. But, you know, shit hits the fan when one of them gets out of control, basically. When one of them just takes the keys to the car and...
0: Goes on a work binge. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Trying to think about the exile on the workbench.
0: Wait, so <laughs> look at me. So which one bench. do you have? Uh, are you in a good balance or do you have one in charge right now? Who?
1: No, no, no. I I, I think that my firefighter is huge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and who's who's supposed to be the manager? Is that who's, I guess that's a stupid question. Who's supposed to be in charge? Yes, the manager. <laughs> uh... <laughs> shows how shows how good I'm doing. <laughs> Of course you want the <laughs> firefighter in charge. I guess that supposedly, they are, you know,
1: they're supposed to be sort of, you know, I didn't say balanced because that's unrealistic, but find somehow a good place to be among themselves, like negotiate to be, or to be on good terms. But my firefighter just happens to be um, proportionally huge.
0: How does that, like based on what?
1: You know, based on the stuff that uh that I, uh, you know, uh, fantasies and, and mental stuff, things like that.
0: So the firefighter is trying to to make everything cool so there's no problems?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, actually, that's it. You know, trying to, to keep things under control.
0: What do you mean based on fantasies? Like, you fantasize about everything being not on fire or... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I just fantasize about firefighters generally. (laughs) Putting down fires with their dicks inside a (laughs) pen-hop pecan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever feel like, uh, as a literature student... I don't know if
1: I fit into that category, but go ahead.
0: All right. As a firefighter aficionado. (laughs) Do you ever feel that uh, because some people learn how to interpret that it's easy to create these stories? I, I mean, I'm just opening a door. I'm not trying to discredit mm-hmm. psychology or anything, but it's mm-hmm. just, you know, when, you, when you've studied literature and you've seen the logical twists and turns that people can do mm-hmm. to make something fit the story they want to fit, like... yeah. Do you yeah. ever feel like it's be easy for a therapist yeah. to try and find something to make it fit into that story when if you don't look at it through that lens, there's some completely different stuff going on? Can you?
1: Yeah. Uh, do you mean like also, do you also mean um, us having been involved with literature and stuff like that, trying to make. A more, you know, convincing narrative, perhaps, is it was that implied? In a, like, you know, because we're 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 quite used to that, to create narratives.
0: It wasn't implied in the question, but you're right. I think that's something that we can't, uh, yeah, escape. So that that would yeah. be like a double problem, also.
1: Yes. So yeah. So the you know the the guy is trying to, you know, make a narrative where the parts fit. And we know exactly how to feed that sort of logic. Um,
0: mm, I'll just make a clear example. I remember I wrote Uh a paper about uh, Uh about a movie, Soy Cuba, and I had said that the movie followed, like, perfectly followed the structure of Todorov in terms of what makes a narrative. Like, there's initial state. You know, disruption of equilibrium, awareness of disruption, back to, I don't know. So in my head, it was clear, like, I, you know, I could have almost argued that whoever made the movie was looking at the manual and said, well, now we got to do this. Now we got to do that. And because that's kind of like what you're taught to do, you kind of set out to prove something rather than, rather than (laughs) set out looking for things. At least that's how I what I felt I was being taught over there. I don't feel that way now. Um, so and I remember that uh, the professor told me, "It seems like you're really trying to make this fit, to make everything fit into that theory, and you did, but nobody really? uses that theory anymore." And uh, and I was kind of angry. I was like, "What do you mean? Yeah. I found the perfect thing?" But then you know, it was like a learning moment because if you want you know it's like a filter and if you want you could find a way mm-hmm. to make things mm-hmm. fit into it uh, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you force things mm-hmm. into like a square peg in a round hole or whatever the expression is um but you could decide to ignore certain things so that the story you're mm-hmm. making still follows the narrative that you wish to mm-hmm. uh complete and i've always wondered i've i mm-hmm. I'm no, I'm not absolutely. against therapy, and I've, and, I've, I've and, lately. I've been thinking about uh, going because uh, we've been thinking about having kids, uh, and uh, I really don't want to pass any of that shit along.
1: <laughs> so, you know that that's you know that condoms are a, probably a best option <laughs> and cheaper than therapy. <laughs> uh, sorry.
0: No, no, I, but you know what? So, but it's just I've been thinking about that. Like, it, it feel like a, you know, what's the expression like? Entre gitanos no nos leemos la mano. Uh, yes, <laughs> you know? I know. Like,
1: exa- yes, uh, I, I have, I, I cannot translate it, but yeah,
0: totally. Like a gypsy won't read another gypsy's hand, uh, because you kind of both know. I'm, and of course, again, I'm not saying psychology yeah. is that but this whole game of interpretation and
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. we're in the business of interpretation as well right mm-hmm. um so you, you you know the you know the cheap tricks you know the old traps and that kind of stuff because
0: everything's a penis that's that's too <laughs> exactly. that's too easy
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and I have played into that myself you know
0: in, A few times. In your essays yeah. or in therapy?
1: In therapy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, in therapy. In therapy, yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably in, in essays, obviously, Um. also. But in therapy. But you know what What might be interesting, based on something that I just said? That these kind of interpretations get outdated. You know, it, it just said that Somehow, you might be coming up with a framework that no one uses anymore.
0: yeah, Todorov was too retro that's what uh
1: right. can, you, can you imagine that in therapy? Because I have thought about that
0: that's that's okay. what's going on with society right now
1: Yes, yes, yeah uh, Just imagine that you go to a therapist, you are either a ninety year old or a 30-ish year old, but that is really, really into the Todorov-esque narratives about psychology. So you start telling your therapist really, you know, things that we would now consider to be misogynist, sexist, and racist, but you think that that's the kind of narrative that he's trying to listen to. And so you construct a persona and you, you know, you perform yourself expecting him to validate and to make sense of that. But at the end of the appointment, he's just like shocked. And he says, Mr. Pedro, I, 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 I was not expecting these. You are a asshole. That's <laughs> no, but you know, this makes sense. I have, uh, I have these Penis problem, and I have these, um, I don't know, uh, tendency to be attracted by men that I would like to correct, <laughs> something like that.
0: And I'm pretty sure it's just an edible thing,
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you see what I you See my point?
0: <laughs> Do you know, uh, I don't know why I know I remember this so well, but that. An anagram of your name is Oedipal Dream.
1: Yeah, Animal Dream. I
0: sent it to you once. True,
1: true, true.
0: You could do a whole thing with that.
1: Yeah, I, I should write something about that. Probably. You know how it is cool to start your essays nowadays with a little vignette or a little story about yourself?
0: I wouldn't know. I haven't done any fucking writing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Give me an anagram for your name. Give me an anagram for your name.
0: Uh, One that I was expecting to become true is Becado Perros.
1: Okay.
2: (laughs) But it did did not work.
0: (laughs) 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 Well, I have one that will actually work. Is that um, my name, Pedro Escobar Uribe. There's a Mm -hmm. fraction of it that if you remove Ovaru, it says Pedro Escribe. Oh shit.
1: <laughs> mm. Okay, that's, that's a classy one.
0: Somebody told me that when we were high one time, and I was like, what? <laughs> How did I never see that? <laughs> <laughs> it was good old Molly. Yeah. Um, so, they, all right, so then the therapy is going uh, good?
1: Yes, pretty much. Pretty much. It's really cool. One other reason why I like it is because it's on the other side of the city. So I have to cross Providence to get there. And doing that, I started using electric bikes. Because it's not worth just to drive there, you know. And it's really I mean, to-
0: not worth using your own muscles.
1: Of course. <laughs> of course. It's took like one hour walking, or something like that. Um, I'm a slow walker, as you know.
0: Yes, well, not the the last couple of times I've seen yeah. you, you were running. It was crazy.
1: I, I, I yeah, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was therapy. It was probably The firefighter, <laughs> <laughs> the firefighting firefighter trying to get somewhere. No, but I, I've 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 started using these electric bikes, and it's amazing. Have you ever? Have
0: you ever wrote? Do you say wrote in the past? Uh, rope.
1: Eh? Rope. Rope. Yes. Have you and ever electric. rope
0: an electric bicycle?
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, is it like completely electric? Because there's some they put here in Paris where.
1: No, no, no. An, it's not completely.
0: Like you, you you're still pedaling, but you get a little help.
1: Yes. Which is a huge help, actually, especially when you start. So when you start the bike, the first, um, you know, the first paddle that you first stroke on the paddle, let's say, it really has this like, um, it accelerates really fast. It's, It's incredible.
0: You just like something that makes you get out of your neighborhood, that changes things away from school, all that stuff.
1: Is this therapy now as well?
0: I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> Does it make you angry?
1: <laughs> that's a, that's exactly the kind of stuff that my therapist would say. Actually, um, yeah, it's 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 good to get out of the neighborhood. Um, you know, there's the physical sensation of acceleration with the with the electric bike. That it's also quite uh, stimulating do you have these um you know these things that you uh, you don't paddle um,
0: yeah they're invading how the do you call city. that in
1: english
0: that, that, um that i don't know patin del diablo
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that how you call it in spanish in mexico at least <laughs> cool
0: the devil's skate. <laughs> um I
1: i I can imagine the devil coming to Earth on one of those.
0: Yeah, they have him everywhere. And uh, I mean it's uh eh, I don't know. Do we want to start this conversation? It's lately I've been getting very, very annoyed at this is oh my God, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to talk. <laughs> wow. So well it's it's uh <laughs> Okay, it's good, it's nice, it's mm-hmm. easy. Uh, you just pick it up, you put it anywhere, that's it. The problem is mm-hmm. that the city is not ready for it, mm-hmm. and those things are very flimsy. It's very easy to fall. I've seen, mm. I've seen like uh, somebody fall here on my street and just like, eat shit. Uh, so there's no regulations wow. on it. They're taking advantage of that. So people don't need helpments, People don't need anything, and they go mm-hmm. on the street. So if mm-hmm. something happens to people. Like if somebody falls on a bus lane, they could get run over and they're just taking advantage of that because it's a little like, you know, there's nothing regulating it now. Mm -hmm. And you need to have a smartphone for that. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things where those that can take advantage Mm -hmm. of it and uh, Mm -hmm. people that don't have a smartphone can't use it. And I think it'd be cool if you just stopped cars because there's no point and having cars in Paris. there's a good transit mm-hmm. system and now you have these annoying things. I'd be happy if right. the streets were just for that, for bikes and those things. Mm-hmm. I'm just being grumpy. It's just annoying when somebody yeah. somebody's on the fucking... Uh, on the sidewalk too. Uh, because I actually yeah. remember when I... No, no,
1: I totally get that. And, and it also annoys me that, you know, these things, at least here, they're full of advertisement. So you see these bikes... And they're basically covered with stickers, advertising big companies, and not only the bikes owning, the, the, the company that owns the bikes, but also, you know, other stuff. And um, and it's 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 annoying to, you
0: know. And at the beginning, when I first arrived in Paris, I remember people owned those type of, uh, hmm. those type of, what the fuck are they called? I don't know, trottinette. And every... I, and um, I found it very funny. And it, it's something that I really liked about Paris because it's something that I never thought I would see. It didn't, you know you, <laughs> you know, you fantasize, you romanticize the city. And I show up and there's a bunch <laughs> of worried adults writing those things to work. Um, they right. weren't electric. It was just like them, like the ones that kids have. And I found that very funny and endearing to see like a, uh-huh. an old Asian lady yeah. and like a guy in a business suit and all the just pedaling like, oh shit, I'm late for work. Uh, yeah. it,
1: it, and then, it gave a funny look yeah. to the
0: city, and then all of a sudden, this electric stuff started coming up, and now everybody has it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then there's 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 another annoying thing, which is once people start seeing that as really cool, they want to go to work on those just to be seen arriving at work <laughs> on one of those on one of those things. You know what I mean? It's like um, coolness capital.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But you want our, you 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 want our, your colleagues to notice that you are arriving, writing one of those. Otherwise, it's it's um, you know, it's a it's a wasted opportunity.
0: And I I get annoyed because I think I I'm getting old. <laughs> I I think they they can be unsafe because anything that you that you you know, you should only go as fast as your feet let you uh, if uh-huh. you're in a machine like that, which is so simple because it's so simple. If you move your hands a little bit, it turns around, you fall down. So, you know, it's like yeah. the bicycle. Even on the bicycle, sometimes you go faster than you can manage, but you have some control. True. true you have some control over true. it. Whereas on those things, you're like, you're just yeah. standing and... Vroom. So I, mm-hmm. I get the... Uh, I get annoyed that people are getting away, like whoever has it. Mm -hmm. Some people will start Mm -hmm. getting hurt and uh, it will only Mm -hmm. be after they get hurt that they regulate it.
1: I can see your increasing interest interest on on, on safety.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it's safety because I'm getting old and I look at kids and I think about having kids and I like, I worry about people hurting themselves Uh or if it's class Uh anger and I'm just annoyed at the people getting away with shit.
1: Right. I think that's your manager
0: talking. The manager? <laughs> oh, my yeah, my manager. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought you meant like my work manager.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean your internal manager. It's
0: interesting.
1: Speaking of the streets in Paris, I I have to ask you these: Have you already used those urinals that have been um, that were on the news?
0: Yes, they're a goddamn blessing. Really? Yes. Whoever I I saw some but, stupid people in the U.S. complaining. Uh, Shut the fuck up! You don't live here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a it's a fucking blessing, because really? yes, because otherwise you have nowhere to pee and. It's stupid. Like, it's the most basic of functions. You're going to pee. You have to pee. There's nothing you can do. So, like, people people do not hold it. I don't hold it. Uh, over the years, uh, like, it took me three years to train myself. So now I can make it, you know, I run. But my first year, I was peeing everywhere because I couldn't. If I went out at night and I drank, I just couldn't make it home. Like, I couldn't. Right, and right, uh, right. these things are lifesavers.
1: Ooh, and, and how about concealing your dick? Because there were some issues raised, raised regarding that, right?
0: If somebody wants to show their dick, they're going to show it. They're not going to use that as an excuse.
1: Right, right. But can you, but can you hide it properly inside the thing?
0: Well, well pe- first of all, people are not looking at it because they know what you're doing. So, yeah. it's not. It's not like a. It's not like women are in the street. Like, oh, I bet I could see that guy's dick while he pissed. So I don't think anybody's trying to look at it, because uh, it's a very dirty thing. Um, right. The only bad thing is that it it has three things. So sometimes you have to stare at another guy's eyes while you. <laughs> yeah. That that's my only problem with it. Uh, maybe you could say I shouldn't look into his eyes, but he's right (laughs) in front of me. (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: but no, 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 they, they, they do, they do a good job covering. You're not, it's, it's like a circle divided in three. So it's got a good angle and they're not everywhere. They're like along the, they're along the canal and along the, the river. So in areas, only in areas where people go to drink, and there's absolutely nothing around.
1: Do you hang out around those those areas?
0: Uh, not too often, no, no. Uh, but like, that's tourist
1: touristy spots, isn't it?
0: The river, yes. The canal, no. The canal is just. Uh... Oh wait, never mind. I don't want people to know.
1: <laughs>
0: ah! <laughs> the canal is uh, very boring. <laughs> No, no, the canal gets gets packed and uh, obviously all the bars around there are not going to be letting everybody get in and people go there and they take their beer and wine and it's nice that you have an option. Also, uh-huh. having those allows for the toilets, uh, the actual toilets to be a little bit cleaner, which okay. is better for uh, women.
1: Right, right. Right.
0: No, that's a- so everybody wins. I don't know why I uh, Americans right. are right. making a big fuzz out of it.
1: I mean, yeah, it's always the same thing.
0: I've seen some some crazy, crazy comments from Americans on YouTube videos about Paris.
1: Like what what's what's the craziest thing?
0: Uh there was this video um, these old videos from the, the Lumière brothers that somebody that they remastered and they made into this this beautiful movie. And it's the oldest films ever made. And you're looking at it and you can't believe it. You're seeing Paris at the end of the 19th century. And it's just, uh, you know, it's uh, it's very touching. Like I cried Mm -hmm. when I was watching the movie. It's, it's just, uh, it's as far back as you can go in, Mm -hmm. in moving history. You know, it's like the equivalent Mm of, uh, of the caves, the, cave paintings right. you you can't go any further than that to see a human moving and reacting in real time and uh it's just a beautiful thing. it's just the city but at the same time you just see people being people and it kind of demystifies it it's not the past it's a now just like right now you know and then uh somebody uploaded it to youtube and you just see a bunch of like jackasses like oh Paris before all the fucking immigrants and uh, it's like where where the fuck did that come from and in English so like it's not even somebody in French saying it it's just in English so it's just a bunch of people like yeah Paris is gonna get what they deserve like why What what's the uh-huh. like, what, if it was true uh, you know too bad think- for those of us here shut up and stay out of it like I don't understand the the mentality—I I really don't get it. Yeah. You know, if somebody's interested, look for those videos, and you'll find some strange comments.
1: Yeah, I'll look it up. Yeah.
0: When are you going to finish your dissertation?
1: It's—it's <laughs> <laughs> a—that's—that's a, that's the um, the perfect topic after discussing urinals, public urinals.
0: <laughs> I don't know,
1: twenty twenty maybe, twenty twenty one.
0: What's the what was the topic? Time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> with saying that with a laugh makes it laughable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I didn't. Topic time. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but when I said it, I realized it sounded funny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, um, um, I'm thinking about the idea of time, speed, and acceleration. In the early 20th century, um, 1900 to 1930, in Angola, Portugal, and Brazil, specifically through travelogues, that is, um, you know, books written in English by either American or English or sometimes Canadian travelers that went to one of these places and wrote a book about it.
0: So it's how people wrote about time in those places?
1: Yes. 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 Time and acceleration, specifically. Sometimes I I I think more in terms of time, sometimes I think more in terms of acceleration. But I'm going to try to dovetail the two concepts.
0: I don't know if I'll be able to, but... (laughs) 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 Um.
1: (laughs) But, yeah.
0: That's it. I'm sorry. I'm very cynical about PhDs. I I look at them with a lot of respect and at the same time, a lot of... uh, You don't
1: have to. I have no respect or or, or even self-respect for the matter.
0: (laughs) No, I I mean, like, I I can somehow have both feelings at the same time of uh, admiration and... uh, and respect for the dedication to the topic, and like the intellectual pursuit of it, and at the same time, just uh, the just the waste, the waste of time and resources.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I get I get the waste of um, time and resources. At the same time, that's precisely why I like it.
0: <laughs> why, to
1: be honest, you know, if if you think about it for a second, there's not a lot of jobs where you are paid to travel and, you know, look at books and pictures for four or five days and then hang out with, with people, meeting new people, you know, going to the restaurants and then asking the receipt to get reimbursed.
0: You get um, reimbursed?
1: Yes. What the fuck? Yes. Yes, yeah that, you know that's that's the best part and you meet new people you hang out with new people two weeks ago I went to uh, Michigan for the first time for a Congress in Ann Arbor which is good just very very good and uh, you know it's the fun part is getting to know new people uh, you know what they call networking but really it's 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 about you know, getting to know new people it's... over the summer I went to Brazil. we have not talked since I went to Brazil, have we?
0: Uh, no, I don't think we've had a, a conversation. Well, and even then we weren't really there talking will be another podcast. Yeah, because I was all like worried with that translation and then we went to Japan like maybe two three days after you exactly. you arrived in Brazil.
1: It, it was It was amazingly enriching and fun.
0: Yeah, I heard. I heard it's getting better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, one of the reasons why this is all so frightening and distressing is, it's because you know, you see the places where you were at, and where we were having fun and drinking and talking to people and dancing and listening to music. And everyone was just hugging each other, like literally, you know, people on the streets hugging each other and dancing and offering drinks and kissing each other. And and then you see the same places on Facebook videos and you see white guys uh, singing these military chants uh, and with weapons and you know, doing that, doing Nancy greetings and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's very, very disturbing because, you know, I was there in some of those places and everyone was just listening to music and chilling and having fun. And all of a sudden, you know, you see these fascist images coming out of the precisely some same places and, and, and neighborhoods. Um,
0: yeah, do you, um I don't know, you saw my pepper plant, right? I
1: did saw your pepper plant. How is it going?
0: Uh It's doing good. It's doing good. <laughs> uh, but it got this, uh I think I told you, or maybe I didn't tell you, but maybe Elise told you because she finds it funny that like, I, I keep just learning life lessons just from taking care of that pepper plant.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you going to talk about the, the part of where you jerk off your flowers? <laughs> <laughs> with a toothbrush?
0: With, with my vibrator, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make it clear, this is not a Harvey Weinstein jerking off into the plants reference. <laughs> it is a pollinating reference <laughs> where I use my electric toothbrush to gently rub the top of all the flowers so that it releases the pollen because uh, all of the flowers on my pepper tree are uh, uh, hermaphrodite. So uh, I do that and I get peppers in my living room. Um, Anyway, it's gotten really, you know, it's doing great. It even grew a pepper this month. Just just so
1: that, you know, people who are listening to this can understand, obviously, living room, toothbrush and peppers are sexual metaphors. None of this is ritual. <laughs> you know I... peppers in my living room.
0: I like to refer to my anus as the living room.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well anyway, I was uh I was in my anus and uh... <laughs> and uh i was looking at the Just a and there was a lot more uh there was a lot of more like tiny flies around more than usual uh-huh. <laughs> flying around the anus <laughs> um mm-hmm. uh, like fruit flies. yeah i so i thought it was fruit flies we got rid of a uh, fruit or whatever and uh, it was like gnats and uh so i got obsessed again i did some research and apparently like fucking gnats they they grow on the surface of the plant i always saw that there was little flies moving around the top layer of soil and i try not to mm-hmm. mess with it a lot because i eat the peppers so uh, there's not mm-hmm. nothing chemical in it i take care of it uh and i had put some mm-hmm. banana peels inside the dirt when i changed mm-hmm. pots so i thought like maybe mm-hmm. it was some of that like it was decomposing and uh some, some of that was going on. But then it got really bad. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of them. And uh, mm-hmm. so I checked and apparently, um, so what they do is that they they, re, they lay these eggs and then when you when you water the plant, they lay the eggs like mm-hmm. in the top, I think like top two inches of soil and that's where they live and they're kind of like seeds. So if you don't water it, they won't come to life you know, and you just wait for them to die. But of course you need to water your plant. So you water it and then all these little larvae come out and the larvae go and eat the root of the pepper. And they're really small. It doesn't really do much. It's an ecosystem, you know. Mm -hmm. If it was outside, there'd be some other animals eating those fucking little flies. So there'd be some sort of control. But Mm -hmm. there it is. There's a tree inside my living room, aka my anus. And there's all these flies <laughs> in the topsoil. Um, and uh, I don't know. I was just sitting there s- staring at it for a while. And I just understood like yeah. things were, are not going to be okay. <laughs> uh, it's just it's right. just the way we, things are. Like we're no different. Things would work out. Like you would look uh-huh. at the gnats and say like, don't fuck it up, gnats. You have this giant tree. You know, uh, uh-huh. get your Malthusian shit in order <laughs> and uh, stay at a certain level and you'll have free food forever. But of course, they're just fucking uh, they're programmed to reproduce and eventually they're going to kill the plant. Unless I... You think so? Well, I mean, I'm yeah. going to take care of it, but we have nobody to take care of us. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, it just it, it just hit me all of a sudden, like... Yep. This whole thing about like the world going to shit, but maybe we all get together and we stop eating meat. And... No, no,
1: no, yeah, no, it's gonna happen.
0: And uh, and it was just, it was like this very clear moment. Like, all right, yeah, we're fucked, and uh, we've been getting more and more fucked over time, and uh, we might be getting close. Maybe everybody thought, maybe everybody has thought this at some point in history. So who knows? But it will happen. There there won't be a control. There won't be a consensus. There won't be understanding. It's just going to be a bunch of fucking animals uh, doing things until they kill their life support. And then uh, it's not going to matter. And that's it.
1: So I, I totally... Uh, yeah, that's how I come to see things increasingly. And, you know, it's, it's been always like that, if you think about it. It's been always like that. You know? Yeah. Uh, people have continuously throughout you know the time been fucked up over and over again and you know most of them eventually die actually all of them eventually die to be more accurate
0: <laughs> most of them <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, sometimes it's more obvious than others you know sometimes you can see it acting in a more obvious way, but I, I, I think it's pretty much it, you know. The flies are going to come, they're going to lay their eggs until a certain, you know, for a certain time you will be able to manage the damage and you'll be able to remove the eggs from your anus. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the day will come where you cannot remove them anymore
0: and you know and my anus is just gonna be full of flies. <laughs> full of death and flies. Exactly. I think I think we can start looking for a title for this for this episode. I just poured yeah. myself my last uh, mezcal. Uh,
1: uh, yes, yeah, so it has to be something related to peppers. And the Panopticon.
0: We talked about a couple of things. We talked about Japan, penopticon, Panopticon, Panopticon, uh, PhDs, Firefighter. firefighters, uh, managers, mm-hmm. therapy, uh-huh. uh, puñetas. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: we did. Um, yeah, we covered a lot of ground. Death. Just inevitable death.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, so we can say that we, we happy note
0: let's see so I had a couple things I wrote down I like fists of fury <laughs> uh, how about you
1: like, I like I, I tend to favor the idea of something with Opticon on it
0: okay Pinopticon.
1: peopticon and death go very well hand in hand in a way mm-hmm. like Pinoptican of Death. Does that sound like a metal band?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: um,
0: All right. Do you want to go with that?
1: Peppers? I, I, I'd love to have peppers on the title as well. Can you think of something with peppers?
0: Pepper. Salt and pepper. Salt on the cod. Wait, also, also, maybe this can give us some time to think about, uh, about it. Did you read what I asked you to read? I'm starting to to lose hope with that. I'm still going to keep the title of the podcast, which I forgot to introduce at the beginning. No. Hey, you're listening to Rich Chocolatey Goodness.
1: <laughs> Actually, yeah, and I have it here. I printed out, dude, the, the, the thing that you sent. Thank um, you. Yeah, you're welcome. Took it very seriously. The question is what I thought
0: about it. Well, th- does the... I need to figure out if I, if I should introduce the title of the show. If I should just do that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Is it evident? Or should I ask every guest if they understand why? Or I'm not sure because
1: I, 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 I was hesitant whether you were making a reference.
0: What it is, is it's a stupid word. I mean, it's rich, chocolatey goodness. Mm-hmm. It's a very silly part mm-hmm. of a nice book. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be, in my narrative, mm-hmm. a good way to summarize how I go through life, <laughs> making lowbrow jokes using highbrow references.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it, it, makes, yeah, it makes perfect sense.
0: Well, the other part of it was that um, it's making reference to that part of the book, um, The Crying of Lot 49, but um, the character there... Uh, has this fantasy of hearing like if he could move everybody's timelines so that if somebody says rich chocolatey goodness, he could move everybody's timeline so that it's aligned. And then you just hear this giant chorus of everybody who has ever said it saying it at the same time. So I wanted to have all of my friends mm-hmm. say it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then create that chorus. Mm-hmm. Adding, one voice to another, to another, until I'll have all of my friends saying, "Rich, chocolatey goodness."
1: That's it's it's a great idea,
0: and it's like a doctoral dissertation. It's <laughs> a lot of effort for a very specific, a very specific goal that maybe nobody cares about. But uh...
1: it's really cool. It's it's funny because you know, I'm, as I'm listening to you. I'm thinking that's precisely one of the things that we are doing in one of these seminars that I'm taking. It's it's precisely working with this idea of synchronization that you are referring to in a very specific bodily way, you know, when we say the same precise words and we try to synchronize to each other, which is, now that I think about it, it's, it's quite a funny thing. We are uh, about 4,000 kilometers away and we are saying the, the same two words in an absolute synchronous time.
0: Yeah, I mean, well... It
1: would be funny to add a metronym to that part of the podcast.
0: A metronome?
1: You know, those, those, those kind of clocks that people that are playing the piano use, that do like tick
0: tack.: Yeah, metronome, tick, but tick, to what part? Duck, tick,
1: duck. To the beginning, or to the beginning and the end. To have a metronym just playing right I don't know <laughs> I was thinking to... more
0: like music
1: <laughs>
0: something a little bit more upbeat
1: <laughs> right 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 I, I respect that <laughs>
0: alright let's find the title
1: mm. okay uh is a pepper in the closet to 80s? Does that sound like?
0: Originally, I had said two Pedros walk into a bar and two Peppers walk into a closet. Yes. Yeah.
1: I, I'd highlight that. I like that.
0: Yeah, but we didn't even explore the whole two Pedros walk into a bar. But
1: The two Peppers walk into a closet.
0: I think we just started too strong. Pinopticon is uh, perfect. So, uh...
1: Are you peeing right now?
0: no, but somebody either above or below me is and okay. that tube is somewhere in this closet
1: <laughs> yeah this is probably the funniest moment of the podcast <laughs> and
0: it's very it's very annoying because one uh you know I've gone through great lengths to try and figure out the good sound uh, sound atmosphere but uh, it's hard you can't It's nothing I could do against that. It's in the closet. And two, this is not the funniest moment of the podcast. All right. (laughs) It is very funny. (laughs) You
1: know, just listening to that, it's actually very funny.
0: You were you pee too, no? I I heard water.
1: I did did pee at some point, but I I did not make it very obvious. It was very
0: obvious. I think you were like (laughs) Was it? Yeah, there was water while you were talking, so
1: I mean, but I was not inside the closet. That's the thing. I was in the restroom. What? I, I mean, peeing in the closet is funnier than peeing in the restroom.
0: How about running around with your pepper out of your pants?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That that's that's a very strong candidate, I guess.
0: Running around in circles with a pepper out. I like that. We're, we're we're digging too far, man. We're digging too far. Uh, I'll anything just anything
1: with pepper and running with some kind of genitalia.
0: Well, peppers already have the genitalia. Any psychologist will tell you that.
1: Yes, yes.
0: It's nice and green and it burns like hell. You know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and firefighters, you know, the, the thing is, there's a very interesting narrative of implicit stuff, you know, between peppers, Firefighters, (laughs) Firefighters, genital, <laughs> hot fire. Yes, there's like a an underground narrative to all of these.
0: All right, we can also go the other way because we talked about, uh, you talked about that therapy, and we completely ignored the exile. True. So we could talk, call it peppers in exile.
1: Pepper in exile, did you say?
0: Peppers in exile, because there's two of us. True. All right. Can you do a sign-off?
1: Thanks for listening to Rich, Rich Chocolatey,
0: Chocolatey Goodness. Goodness. Thanks for listening.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Rich Chocolatey Goodness is produced by your host, Pedro Escobar, and yours truly, Benjamin Morse. We'd like to thank our guest, Pedro Almeida, who can be found shaping young minds at Brown University.
0: Music by Marco Moreno with a little help from Pedro. You can find photos and links from this episode on Instagram and Facebook at Rich Chocolaty Goodness. Follow us to get all the rich chocolatey updates and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify for new goodness delivered to you every other Sunday. And if you like what you hear, please
1: be sure to leave us a comment and rating. It's extremely helpful to us at this early stage of our show.